and welcome to League of Brothers. I'm Gino, and that is AC over there next to me. AC, what's up, brother? What's up, man? How are you? I am uh, hungover on that Lions victory, man. <laughs> it's a pretty amazing. I'm I'm still kind of hungover from the Michigan victory. <laughs> that one too. And it's just continued. I mean, you know, just for the record, for all of our viewing audience, that Michigan Wolverines. Uh, coached by the amazing Jim Harbaugh, number one, baby. won the national championship, and uh, that was just a couple weeks ago. And since then, our beloved Detroit Lions have won two, two playoff games. That's two more playoff victories than I've had my entire life with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> so, it's a good week. Man, I'll tell you, AC, that is an impressive team. And it's not just because they're my home team or whatever, because trust me, I've been down on the Lions for years. But I got to tell you, this is a well-coached, well-disciplined team. They never quit. There is no quit in that team at all. It's all it's no quit and all grit. Right? That's what they're going with, grit. And that, man, that is like blue-collar to the T. And these guys, man, just show up every week. They make... You know, this is the difference between the old Lions, the same old Lions, and the new Lions. The old Lions made a mistake, and that was the end of the game. The old Lions committed the penalty at the end of the game that screwed everything up, and we lost the game. The old Lions turned the ball over on the last play of the game or second to last play of the game. Now it's the opposite. Everything is working for us. So with the turnover last night on the last drive by the by the Bucks, uh, threw it right at Barnes. That was an amazing interception. I mean, for a linebacker, are you kidding me? Like, holy cow. He's been with Incredible. us for three seasons. That's yep. his first interception. First one. Um, you know, there's a lot of things. Matter of fact, if you look back the last quite a few games, Detroit's been finishing the game with interceptions at the end of the game. They're like Michigan did. Yeah. And so uh, there, there's something about that, but we, it, it, it's not the same, it's not the same Lions that we have been used to and grown accustomed to in any way, shape, or form. They are a whole new breed. They are, um, the mindset is not the same. I mean, very few players on that team have even been there, but they got like, two or three guys who were there before Campbell came in. And uh, so it's it's not even – there's no one there that could carry over really a horrible mindset. Um, so I'm, I'm just really stoked about this team. And to be honest with you, we weren't even expected to, to do anything in the playoffs this year. No. Uh, let alone win the division, right? Uh, win the division, win the first game, the wild card round, then win the divisional round. Um, none of that was expected. And I remember all year long people saying, oh, you know, we beat Kansas City because Kansas City had Super Bowl hangover. I'm sorry. How many months is in between the Super Bowl and the start of the season? Yeah, on top of that, you get what three, three or four preseason games now to get yourself back in order. I, I I'm tired of hearing about that. Um, 
Kansas City is great. My prediction at the beginning of the year was Kansas City, Detroit. Uh, then I predicted Jacksonville and Detroit, but Jacksonville is out. I love Jacksonville because I lived in Jacksonville. I love that team. But when it all came down to it, I thought Kansas City and Detroit, and I say Detroit every year. But, you know, this year, you know, we, we have a chance. Um, I like the Bills. There's there's a lot of good teams out there. Um, I love football. I love college football. I love too, pro man. football. And uh, so I'm excited about what's happening i'm excited about the city i i was flying into detroit last night uh, at the end of the game and the city what we were flying literally over the city downtown the city was lit up in blue lights and traffic i mean cars were everywhere uh i did hear some statistics that last week and this week both between the two estimated to bring in between 40 and 50 million dollars of no. revenue and to add to the economy of detroit no kid that's big that's big for that's for the city i mean it's, that's going to be hotels restaurants you know bar and grills you know some shopping uh they you know a lot of people coming in buying jerseys and stuff but uh that's that's huge for our city and you know if if Green Bay could have only beat San Francisco, <laughs> there would be a third game, you know, for us, and we would be hosting the uh, uh, NFC Championship. But um, I, I'm okay with going to San Francisco. Detroit's been an amazing road team. Yeah. What did we, what did we lose? One on the road or two on the road? I know we lost to Baltimore. Uh, I think it was – I think we lost – two on the road we beat green bay at, at on the road yeah and then they beat us at home so that's two losses uh we lost we lost the seattle in overtime we should honestly if you at if home you the dallas game we lost which is a joke we didn't really that was lose. on the road yeah so we but, had but here's I think the, that's the two losses on the road that we had yeah but here's the thing dallas so dallas we, te we technically won that game so add we beat one more, we beat dallas yeah one yeah, more we victory. beat dallas. and then the seattle game honestly Oh, that Over was our time, game too. I mean, come on. We should have, like, we could be, right now we could be sitting at, we could have went into the playoffs at 14 and, you know, three. Right? Yeah, easily. But I mean, Baltimore beat us single-handedly. Uh, and, and Green Bay on the Thanksgiving day, that was, yeah, that was, they, that was, was a loop. that was a win. They beat us. They, they killed um, us. We, we didn't show up for that one. No doubt. But yeah, the Seattle game, the Dallas game, those, those two games should have never and then, to, you know, to finish out the season, beating Minnesota, you know, two out of our last three games, that was amazing. Yeah. That was kind of a weird schedule. Who put that together? Yeah. Oh, I know. Minnesota, what, Dallas, Minnesota. I got to tell you, Green Bay is a little bit scary. They're going to give us a run. They're going to be I, scary. That's, that's a good team, man. I didn't know they were that good until, you know, four or five games ago. And, and Jordan Love, he's the real deal. Like that guy's he's going to be good if they can if they can keep the right uh, leadership around him that can help him mature and grow continuously. Uh, he he's going to be good. Um, I'll tell you, I, I don't know if you've seen the news today. Saw the news that uh, Detroit brought in Zach Ertz. Wait, tight end. Wait, what? They they just signed him today because Wait, how uh, can we Brock. See Oh, because he got hurt. Yeah, Brock. Brock is out. 
and we also lost Jonah Jackson, at least for this next game. But he had to have a small surgery on a a small tear in his MCL, and I guess there's a possibility he could be ready for the Super Bowl. But if we make it, but he won't be playing this week, so I don't know. Maybe Dan Skipper will take his place more. I don't know. <laughs> Number but, seventy, uh, sir. So wait a minute, wait. Um, but yeah, they so... they brought in Zach Ertz, which is okay. great. I thought they were going to bring him in a couple of weeks ago when when uh, um, Laporta got hurt. Mm-hmm. But I think they they knew Laporta was going to try to play. Plus, the Brock came back, and they brought in the um, they had two other guys. Was but Ertz Mitchell's with... out now. Was Ertz with the Eagles? the other tight end? Yes, Zach Ertz was with the Eagles, and then he got traded to I think Arizona Cardinals. He played with the Cardinals this year. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals released him a few weeks ago, and they everyone thought he would go back to the Eagles, but the Eagles didn't bring him back in. And then everyone thought you know may come to Detroit with Laporta, but Laporta is fine. He had a great game, but I think because Brock, uh, I forget number eighty nine, Brock yeah. somebody, um, he so is uh, he's going to be out, and and Mitchell's out, so. Yeah, uh, we we needed to get we need to get another tight end, so that's going to be good because Ertz is a great receiver and he's also a great blocker, and so that's going to be that's going to be a big hit for us. Or I, I, as long as he can get prepared, he's got a week. Well, not you only know, that, they signed him today. He's got experience. He's got playoff experience. Oh yeah, and Super Bowl experience. And so. Super Bowl. That's going to help a lot. June, good to see you. My sister in Georgia. Good to see you, June. June had an amazing dream that she sent me in a DM. I'm not going to state it because mm-hmm. she wants me to talk about it. But it was so cool because it was about her about her gifts and callings and how it was kind of cool because it simultaneously converged with my gifts and callings. It was really cool how they kind of like blended. Um, uh-huh. So it was a very cool dream. Um, and she it was awesome. funny because I know when, when people send me dreams and they're like, hey, can you interpret this or whatever? I always know that they're like, oh, this is like too confusing. No one will ever get it. But it's it's not. I got to tell you, I think my dreams are harder to interpret than other people's. Like when I let God just guide me and look at someone else's dream, like it's easy. Mine, I don't know. I get. I, I think I get over analytical sometimes and try to process it too much. But I got to tell you, like she's uh-huh. had a couple of really cool dreams. And so hopefully... Uh, I know God's doing something in this season with people and their gifts, giftings and callings. It's so cool. You can talk about it. No worries. Okay, June. Yeah. So it was really just about how her gifts are going to be with children. She's already a teacher, a school teacher. So that was kind of obvious. But I think God's calling her into more with kids. Not necessarily like what I do with the trafficking stuff, but maybe. I mean, it could right. be. I, I personally think, June, it's going to be on the other side of when this revival hits and harvest comes. I think it's going to be with healing a lot of these children working with children um that's going to be a major major part of what's coming so anyway it was really cool um her dreams i don't i think she called in it was like when we first started doing shows this is like almost two years ago now that was when i first got to talk to her for the first time ever she called in and we did a live dream interpretation which was kind of fun and uh, uh-huh. I gotta, I gotta say, I was a little nervous with that because I'm like, oh man, I'm putting myself on the spot. <laughs> but then you're like, okay, wait, it's not right. really interpret. It's God doing the work. So, you know, if I'm being led by His Spirit, I don't really have pressure. It's, it's all on Him, right? 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's see if the Lord will give us some dreams about the Super Bowl. <laughs> that would be cool. You know what's this is did I ever tell you this? So three years ago, this is probably yeah, at least three years ago, <clears throat> I have this dream that Jared Goff is our quarterback. And I gotta tell you, AC, like I barely even knew who Goff was. I mean, I knew he was the quarterback of the Rams and all that stuff, and I knew he was I think they had just won a Super Bowl, maybe, or I can't remember. But I didn't care about Jared Goff. Like I was like, whatever. But I have this dream, and I, I literally see his number, and I see Goff on the back of his jersey. And uh-huh. and I and I think in the, I, I'm trying to remember what happened in the dream. He threw a pass, and Megatron was in the dreams. Yeah, that's what it was. And he dove for a ball, and he dropped it. It was like, and then I heard, same old Lions. <laughs> like, I kept hearing that in my mind. But then I find out two weeks later that he becomes our quarterback. That Stafford was traded to, and it was like the, it was like what the heck? That was the weirdest thing ever. So I don't know, you know, who knows? Maybe I, I have a feeling that this Lions team has to do with revival too, coming to our city. Like uh, I really believe that they're tied together. There's a link. Did you see that the the Red Wings won last night as well mm-hmm. against Tampa Lightning? <laughs> and do you know the name of the goalie? Lion. No, come on. Our goalie's name is Lion. It's spelled different, L L Y O N. But yeah, our goalie's name is last name is Lion, and uh, the fact that we beat both Tampa pro teams on the same day in Detroit is amazing. Yeah, I got to tell you, back back quite a few years ago, maybe six seven years ago, I had a friend of mine who was playing for the Lions, Don Carey. He was actually number twenty six, who yeah. Gibbs Gibbs has right now. And Don, um, I coached uh, years ago, and he was playing for the Lions. My Another kid that I coached in high school, um, Antro Roll, who played for uh, Arizona Cardinals. He was number one draft pick from University of Miami there, and then he got traded to uh, New York Giants. And was the highest paid cornerback or safety at the time. Anyways, New York's coming to Detroit. Opening week, opening Monday night football, playing at the Lions at Ford Field. Don calls me and says, hey, I want you to come in. I was I was living in Huntington. I wasn't even living in Detroit yet. He says, I want you to come into Detroit. I'll have passes for you. And then Antro calls me. He was like, "Hey, how far are you from Detroit?" And I'm like, "Not too far." Why? He says, "I got I got tickets for you. I want you to come watch me whip up on Don." And I'm like, "Well, you're a little too late because Don just sent me tickets to come watch him whip up on you." And he was like, "No way." Anyways, while I'm looking, I find out that the Tigers are playing the same day. And it, it was one of those win and you're in type thing against Kansas City Royals. So I got tickets to go watch at Comerica Park. The Tigers beat the Royals, I think six, seven years ago. And then walked across the street into Ford Field and watched the Lions beat the Giants. Good day's work. And I'll never forget it because Antrell had to try to guard um, – Calvin Johnson a couple times <laughs> and he held his own pretty good, but there was a couple plays that Calvin scorched the team on. He wasn't, he didn't guard in the whole game, but 
Calvin ripped ripped New York apart. So I didn't know you coached and Stafford. Yeah, I coached uh, football and basketball, but pri- primarily uh, basketball. Really, bro? I, I where have you been? I'm talking <laughs> about it all the time. You never talked about. It. I've never heard you say that. I've talked about it at a wrestling place. So when I moved to Miami to work in ministry there, I decided to coach at the YMCA one season. And it was some high school kids that attended our youth group at the church. And the the winner from our Y got to play winners of other Ys in Miami. And then at the end of the at the end of the tournament, you got to play at the Heat Arena. Well, I had Antro Roll. I, I had three guys on my starting basketball team who played played in the NFL. You were stacked. I had one. I had one who played Florida State University as a pitcher, a left-handed pitcher, about six eight. Um, I had. See, those were football, basketball, and then I had another guy who who played. Um, well, he went on to play basketball at Central, uh, Central Florida. Anyway, so my my starting five ended up being Division One college ballers, and we dominated. And my bench, the guys coming off my bench, some of those guys went Division One, and you also had a couple of guys went Division Two in different sports. Well, we get to the Heat Arena and play, and we're destroying the other teams in Miami. And some of the Heat players were there. And some of the coaching staff was there. Well, after the game, I got approached. Like, uh, where have you coached before? I said, well, I played ball all the way through high school and some college. And I, when I got injured, I, I started coaching at Lee and gave them a little bit of the story. And they're like, okay, well, we can see that. They're like, hey, listen, we're getting ready to start this thing called the D-League. This is way before the G League got started. This is the D League. This was, you know, a long time ago. And they're like, would you be interested in helping us get this off the ground for, you know, for the heat? I said, yeah, let's talk. You know, I said, I'm already a worship pastor and a youth pastor, and I'm coaching this, you know, YMCA team. So let's, let's figure it out. Well, before this is before the season ever started, before then, I get a phone call from, uh, my South Miami Dade High School, and they're like, "Hey, listen, we're about to lose one of our coaches. Wanted to see if you'd be interested in in coaching at the high school." And I said, "Well, don't you have to be a teacher?" And I said, "Well, um, you could be a substitute teacher." And w- went through the whole channels. But anyways, I ended up then coaching with them uh, for a year at. South Miami Dead High School, and then ended up also coming on as like a fourth assistant for the for the D League with the Heat, and it was just it was an amazing time. And then shortly thereafter, um, I got an invite to go to Huntington to coach Huntington Prep boys basketball, which is a top three, um, top three, top five team for the past 
12 years in the nation. And so, I mean, I, I was fortunate and blessed Alabama. to touch. Is that Alabama? Uh, West Virginia, West Virginia, oh, West Virginia. Okay. Huntington, West Virginia. Um, I, I was just, I mean, completely blessed to be able to coach. Um, I, I mean, I can mention some names that you'll probably be, be aware of, like uh, Andrew Wiggins, who was one of the, could have been one of the best players ever played in the NBA, but came out of Canada, went to Kansas after he was at Huntington Prep, um, and then went pro, was uh, Minnesota Timberwolves for a long time, and they got traded to Golden State. Um, but yeah, Andrew Wiggins, Gorgie Dang, who was played for the Grizzlies, the Timber, he played for probably five or six th- different teams. I think he just recently retired. Uh, Miles Bridges, who plays for the Hornets, um, Thomas Bryant, who played for the Wizards and the Lakers. I'm not sure where he's playing this year. Um, Josh Perkins, who played for the Hornets. He, I think he was a uh, UConn, he played at UConn when he left us and then went to the Hornets. Uh, Keldon Johnson plays for the Spurs. Uh, the Spurs also drafted one of our guys, guys first round, Josh, Josh Primo, but Josh got himself in a little bit of trouble and got kicked to the curb at the end of the season last year. So um, Hornets also had JT Thor, who was uh, like a 6'10 swingman that was just nasty. Uh, Chris Smith, who played for us and went to UCLA, played, won a national championship with them, and then he got drafted by the Pistons. But he blew out his leg right before the championship game at UCLA played in and just was never the same. And Pistons gave him a shot. But And then, I see, uh, Jamin Brakefield, who is a senior at Old Miss, I coached him one year. Uh, AJ Hoggard at Michigan State coached him. Um, Isaiah uh, Cottrell, who's at UNLV. Dudley Blackwell, I think, is at Ohio or Iowa State, not Ohio, Iowa State. And Zach Loveday, who was at Baylor. I, I, I saw Baylor this year on TV for a little bit, and I didn't see him on the bench. So I don't know what's going on with Zach. I need to follow up with him. And then uh, Emmanuel Akpomo, uh, we call him Big E. He plays at Temple. Amazing dude. Loves the Lord big time. Because uh, that was the other thing. I was a worship pastor at New Life. And so I had these guys going to church with me every weekend. In the off season, they stayed at the at the campus. They they came to church, and then during the regular season, if we didn't have a game, that or, or they were traveling, um, they would come, and so we tried to schedule all of our games uh, away from Sunday travel so that I could be involved in it because we just I I, I couldn't leave my, my full time job. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, in the chat, Joyful June is posting a bunch of Georgia Bulldog stuff. June, I'm going to have to ban you from the chat. There is no Georgia Bulldog stuff here. 
<laughs> By the way, honestly, just honestly, for the record, honestly. Georgia didn't even make the playoffs <laughs> this year. The one that Michigan won national championship, by the way. June, um, you're free to post those when Sylvia's on because she is actually a Georgia Bulldog alum. So I'll let you post over there. But tonight it's all maize and blue. Or you can go Honolulu blue and, and silver. Those two, those four colors are allowed tonight. Right, AC? 1,000% right. <laughs> oh, but I will say this. If I, if I had what? to choose between Georgia and Ohio State, I would choose Georgia all day long. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I can actually speak the name Georgia. I can't speak that other one. It's forbidden around here. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio University. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was going to say that there's so many athletes out there that are like two sport, three sport players, um, sometimes four. A lot of your football players will, will run track. Um, and that's really good for them. Helps them with a lot of their agility and their speed. Basketball players, a lot of them are – they'll play some football. They'll do some track. Um, so you'll have – a lot of these athletes, amazing athletes, are playing multiple sports just because they want something to do in the off season from the sport they're already doing. Plus, nowadays, there's AAU and – travel ball for every sport and man you can play sports year round 24 7. okay june has june has earned her way back into our graces ac she said her father-in-law went to michigan and he's a huge fan he visited us over the weekend and was super happy about the championship well i i would love to meet your (laughs) father-in-law he's a michigan man yeah it was gotta be amazing look we suffered through some horrible horrible years that there was about a decade and a half of just misery for us here in michigan because we were used to winning that that was what michigan was built around we were winning with we a winning organization in college right. football we were used right. to winning yeah right but we didn't win any championships and then we were like six and five and we were not since what 97 yeah it was horrible it was a long drought in ohio state i gotta say they owned us man i i, I was i was down in florida on vacation a couple years ago and this is before michigan started picking back up and I was at an ice cream parlor, and this guy's like next to me, and I'm in my amazing blue, and he's got his <laughs> that scarlet, disgusting puke red, <laughs> gray, and uh, and we're like looking at each other and just eyeing, and I'm like, go ahead, man, you've got bragging rights, you can say whatever you want. So he starts kind of like you know going off on me a little bit, joking around, and his family's getting into it. Even his little girls were were saying stuff like, "Oh my gosh!" And I'm like, "Our day's coming, man. I'm telling you right now. You just watch what happens." And he's like, "He's exactly." He's like, "I know, I know. It always it's cyclical. It goes around, you know. It's so we've owned you guys for three years, and uh, that's been nice. That's that." Man, all right, enough about football though. We get to like this is but (laughs) in NFL. Everybody has owned the Lions. So yeah. this is like redemption year. Absolutely. Like we're just on a redemption project. And uh, yeah, I'm, like I said, I don't even know. 
I don't even care who we play at this point. It's all gravy now because we weren't expect we weren't supposed to be here. Um, you know we're we're becoming the Cinderella underdog. They're calling us all kinds of stuff, but when you look at it, I mean, we already beat Kansas City this year, right? Uh, we have a better record than Kansas City does. We belong here. We won our division. We are. NFC North or Central, whatever you want to call us, we are the champs. We we won the games we needed to win. There's no fluke about Detroit being there. No, and we're and, we averaging. We're averaging almost thirty points a game. Yeah. I, now look, I will say this. I think we're top three in the NFL with with scoring. Our weakness is our secondary. It's been our secondary since day one, and I. I've been telling my brother-in-law this. He's a he's a high school football coach, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, I don't see us getting past the. I didn't think we'd get past the second round because of our yeah. our secondary. Because I thought, you know, we're gonna play some good passing teams, and they're just gonna like light us up. Which, but I yeah. gotta say, yeah, they have lit us up. But man, we've made the big play, or we made the stop when we had to at a crucial point in the game, or you know, we we just outscored them. So it's like, I guess if we keep doing that. You know what's going to be really fun this this Sunday night against San Francisco? We have the blender. We do that at at 10 p.m. Sunday nights. Me and Mike. Mike lives in Texas, but he's originally from San Francisco area, so he's a he's a 49ers yeah. fan. So it's it's going to be fun, man. Just him. He's going to probably be wearing all his his red, and I'll have my Honolulu blue on, and we'll see what happens. But I got to tell you, man, I got a good feeling. I just I don't it I don't. I haven't had this feeling ever, I don't think, with the Lions. Until this year, I started really believing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is actually a team that can win every single game they play. And I think if San Francisco plays like they just did, because they didn't play that great. No, I, they didn't. We, I, and we show up. You seen, and, you seen, did you see that DJ uh, Gardner and Debo Samuel have been running their mouth to each mm-hmm. other? Mm-hmm. And it started at the beginning of the season. <laughs> and and DJ was talking about uh, Tampa and uh, Baker the other day. He was like, oh, if Tampa had a better quarterback, they'd be doing this. And then Baker comes back and says, apparently he's not watching film. And then the media hasn't ever – they're not playing what CJ said in return. He said, oh, I watch film. He says, but – I." I, I'm I'm used to watching film from a much better quarterback that played there before you got there, and the results will be the same. I beat him as well, and intercepted it right. Mm-hmm. And so that and then did you see after the interception when he ran down the field and he handed yeah. the ball to Baker? <laughs> that was just cold, but I loved cold. every second of it. I, like, I, I loved it. This is this has always been the hard part for me as as a believer in Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm I love sportsmanship. Like when a guy picks up the opposing player and he's down, like I'm all for that. The trash talking's fun though, man. Let's face it. Like that's part of the game. It's fun. It is. And at it's the end like, of the game, they all hug right out and I love know, on each like, other, and it's yeah, all good. So it's all good. Yeah. So I'm all right with that. But it's still some of it gets a little carried away. Some some guys, but you got people like, you know. Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. who backed up everything he said. Yeah. And CJ, he he's backing up everything he said. I mean, so he's he's come back 
what, three games now, and he's had an interception in all three games? I mean, the guy's a stud, and he had an interception. One, he played in a game and a half, I think, in the beginning of the season and had an interception. So I think he's got, like, four interceptions this year in, like, four games, four and a half games. Who yeah. knows what would have happened if he would have been available for the whole season? Lord have mercy. And that's the other thing. We've had so many injuries when it comes to – our, our DBs. I mean, what what's his name? Vidor. Yeah, I, I don't even know where the, who the guy is, where he came I from. I don't know. And he's been playing okay. Uh, he's been beat a couple times. But here's the thing: Detroit will take chances. That's one thing I love about our defense. It also makes me nervous as all get out. <laughs> Those DBs take chances. Why? Because our safeties are are beasts. So, I you know, look at – and I'm not trying to say he was good or he's bad, but look at Joseph, Kirby Joseph and those two. I mean, he took out TJ Hawkinson, tight end, for the rest of the season in Minnesota. Then he took out the Rams, Higby. And the hits were legal. Now, I, I, I think maybe they should adjust some of the the terms to that hit. but. He's not a dirty player, and he and he did it legally. It wasn't an illegal hit. Uh, it's sad that both those guys were, you know, they out for the rest of the games and the seasons. But uh, Kirby Joseph is he's a beast, and man, he has come up with some big plays this year. And big he, plays. He, what does he weigh? About one hundred and seventy-five pounds. <laughs> the guy is so maybe. I, yeah, I don't he's know steady. How he's, hitting people but he's doing it well even Stafford I'm not going to repeat all the words that he said but in the, they had him mic'd up after that hit and Stafford said that was a good hit that was a good hit but you're a dirty blankety blank for doing it he's like we got it on film da, da, da. he's like but, you, but you're good but you're good and I'm just like I mean you're saying he's good because you know the, the hit was legal but you're saying he's dirty because you knew that he knew the rules yeah. and played to the rules and maybe so I, I mean i don't know i don't think he is that type of personality but you know two out of the last four games he destroyed <laughs> tight ends yeah. legs so that weighed twice as much and and higby when he landed he flipped him over when he landed he landed on his helmet and his neck was all and his arm, and, and then when he was trying to run off the field, it was like, bro, yeah. what part of you is not hurting right now? <laughs> it was pretty. So, cool. Oh man, yeah. All so right, hey, did we did we talk about on the call or was it the pre-call about Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah, Aiden. So Aiden Hutchinson, our defensive end here in Detroit, he actually turns out to be your cousin. Apparently, <laughs> didn't even know it. How cool is this that? is, this is that was my reaction. My mm-hmm. <laughs> when on a on a post on social media, my aunt Cheryl, which is my mom's sister, uh, all blood, um, she makes a comment. She's on a cruise ship, getting ready to to leave. I think Miami or someplace down there. And she was so thankful that the cruise ship had on the big screen the Lions game. 
And she said, I got to cheer on, cheer on uh, my, my lions and my nephew, Aiden Hutchinson. And I was like, what? What? Aiden Hutchinson? I'm like, you're my aunt. I, I'm your nephew. Yeah. How was Aiden your nephew? And I'm thinking about all the family. I can't think of how in the world. So I reach out to her and she says, oh, you remember Aunt Pat and Uncle Bill? And I said, oh, from my mom's side, from your side. Yeah. Well, Aunt Pat and Uncle Bill had three kids. And one of those kids is Aiden's mother. And I was like, I would have never guessed. Because that side of the family, I, I saw them like once or twice a year at family reunions. We, we'd go to the lake and hang out all day and maybe two days at the lake. And uh, my aunt and uncle, they would come over a couple times a year on vacation and stuff. But I never, I never saw the, the kids. And I never knew that she married Steve Hutchinson. I didn't know she went to University of Michigan and had absolutely no idea that she was the mother of Aiden. And it, it, it changed the world. My world has been changed. My little kid Maybe he'll nephew, show the rest or of my, my kid cousin, he would be my, I guess, if that's, my mom and his mom are cousins, first cousins. I guess that makes me and him second cousins. Right? Yeah. Is that how that yeah, works? I think, yeah, I think so. so. I mean, dude, so I'm, half, I'm gonna have to, he's, I'm, he's half your age. Less. He is. What is he? What is he? 24, 5? Something like that? Yeah. No, he, he's, I, I could be his dad. Yeah. I, I remember his dad playing football. Yeah, me too. And so, yeah, I, I could be his dad because his mom is my age. I don't, I don't know how the difference happened. Apparently my mom and dad were much older than my, well, they couldn't have been much older than Aunt Pat and Uncle Bill. I, I don't know. I, they, they must have been older when they had the kids, now that I think about it, because Clifford and Elaine and all of them, I, yeah, they they probably are in their 40s when they started having kids. So that kind of makes sense. But yeah. So, hey, Aiden, if you're watching, <laughs> I'm your cousin. Yeah. Um, if you want to get me a ticket to San Francisco so I can go watch you play, you need some family support. I'm there for you, bro. I'm there for you. And hey, and if I'll you need, fly out to San Fran. And if you need friends or family, I'm there for you too, man. So I'll, I hate flying. And but so, I'll fly Aiden, out. I. I need I need Gino to come with me because since I'm your family, I need some protection. You, you need protection uh, because I may I may get bombarded just because when they find out that we're cousins, they're San Francisco's rough, yeah. bro. And and I'm yeah. guessing wearing Honolulu blue in a sea of red is probably not going to be like real popular. It's going to be <laughs> great, disgusting. man. I went to great. a Chicago I went to a Chicago Bears game. This is like in the early '90s. I had like 20. I'm games. sorry. We I know we all went to the game. This is at the height of Barry's career. Barry ran for like 175 yards a day in like freezing cold snow, whatever. But it was of like, course. man, I, I'm literally, I was lucky to come out of there with two arms still and two legs. Like you talk about yes. some mean people, man. Oh my gosh. And I was just sitting there. I was just quietly trying to mind my own business. Oh man. My friend had, uh, <laughs> I'll never forget this. We all had different seats. So I was sitting with one of my buddies, Eric. And I cross literally on the other side of the stadium. I'm looking through my binoculars, 
<clears throat> and my friend Andy's over there, and he was, you know, drinking a few cocktails, and he's <laughs> he had all this lion's gear on, right, from head to toe, you name it. <clears throat> I think even his underwear were lions, like everything was lions. By the time oh the game gosh. ended, I he, we're meeting them out in the uh, corridor, and he's literally got a mitten on. <clears throat> Excuse me. He has a mitten on, a hat. I, no, he lost his hat. I think he had a mitten, part of his coat, because they ripped his coat, and he was missing like half of his pants. <laughs> like, and his shoes were gone. Like, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, dude, I, I, you're, at least he was still alive. Like, I thought for sure he was going to be like just beat up because, you know, he was pretty boisterous when he was drinking. So I was uh, of course. shocked that he was still alive. But. I'm like, it was the funniest thing. I wish I had a picture of it because it was one of the funniest things. Just seeing him walking, like, kind of straggling with, like, hardly any clothes on. It's like 20 below zero. <laughs> it's so funny, man. You got to love it. San Francisco, wear brown to blend in with the sidewalks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Adam. <laughs> That's, it's sick, sick, but true. It's what have, what have they done to that city? My gosh, it was one of the most beautiful places on earth. And they Chicago? Just, no, San Francisco. Oh, well, both of them. Both of them are hellholes, both. man. I, both. Yeah. You, you both. can't pay me to live in either one of them. No. Although, I wouldn't even live in what? Los Angeles. I got to say this, though. Look, you know, people say the same thing about Detroit. And it's... it's Not it's, anymore. Chicago's the same. Like, there's parts of Chicago you don't want to go near. That's for sure. Same thing with Detroit. There's parts of Detroit I will not go near. But I mean, in the Chicago's the murder capital of the country right now. They've been I, that I, way for years. I know, but so was De De Detroit. Was murder Detroit was twenty years ago? Yeah, yeah. But it was. Don't so even put us in the same category. No, Gino, I rebuke that right now. <laughs> Detroit is much better than Chicago will ever be. I love in I, Jesus' I, name. I love. <laughs> I love Detroit. I oh love my downtown. gosh, man! It's so fun going down there now. It's like, I don't know, but Chicago's fun too. I've been to Chicago a few times. My wife goes once a year with her friend and my daughter, and they have a good time. But I tell her, I said, do not go outside the city. Stay right in downtown, and you're okay. If you go outside, man, it's not that way anymore. Bad downtown news. has gotten brutal, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, they're shutting down all the stores. I mean, like Macy's is shutting down. They've been getting robbed. Everything downtown is mm. shutting down. It's bad. They don't have that nine hundred dollar limit, do they? Like they do in San Francisco, Chicago. Probably so. Oh man, I think. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that that's one of the states that ha that they mentioned. Adam, but even like Los Angeles, I, I fly into L.A. all the time, but my friends are always there and we get out of LA as fast as we possibly can and get into orange County where number one, they don't, they don't fall for the political garbage that yeah. Gavin Newsom has put up on that mm -hmm. state. Matter of fact, orange County completely disagreed and disobeyed mm -hmm. everything he wanted during COVID season. Uh, they didn't shut down. Uh, they, they did, they did, spaced some seating out a little bit different and they had some outdoor venues to eat out and stuff, but they didn't shut down and they didn't, they didn't close their businesses and they kept things going. And, you know, if you wanted to wear a mask, you wore a mask. If you didn't, you didn't. I, it's just, and so I, right. And so I'm thankful for Orange County. I, 
I'm, I'm there three, four times a year. And I just, not that I want to move, but if I was ever going to move and the Lord told me to move to California, I'm, it would be there. I, I, I mean, Anaheim, all that whole area right there, Laguna beach, Newport beach, all that area, man, God has protected those people and they're very conservative. Yeah. Yeah, they are very conservative there. And it's, it's they were the LA. ones who it's two counties, two it's LA County and, um, what borders, whatever County. San Francisco is. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, other than that, the whole state's conservative. But unfortunately, that's where the population is. Yeah. The population's in those yeah. two cities. So, uh, Adam brought. Well, it's usually what his... he said. He said Barry Sanders is still held in high regard in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He's an Oklahomaite or an Oklahomian. <laughs> Adam, I don't. What do you? I don't know. What is an Oklahoma person? What do we call them? A sooner. Okies. Okies. They're Okies or Sooners. All right. Yeah. See, we're Michiganders, which is kind of weird. I don't know if I like that. Michi- Michiganians, I think, sounds better than a Michigander. How about Detroiters? A Detroiter. <laughs> Technically, I'm not. In- Isn't that weird how the largest city of the state becomes the state? <laughs> like, that's what you th- Like, if I say New York, you think New York City. If I say L.A., you think California. Like, well, the like state's called New York, too. So that one's, that's yeah, not that's, a really good yeah, example because the state is New York, too. Part. Probably wasn't. But L.A., you think of L.A. as California. California is L.A. Mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. It's the same LA, way. You know, know, you, you just think, of, like, you name the yeah, city. Miami. Like, just, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And, you know, Unfortunately, that's interesting because in the Bible, it's like that, too. There's a lot of verses in the Bible where the city's mentioned. And then, like, it's funny because a lot of critics of the Bible will say, ah, see? they were wrong because they said the city and it's like dude they say that nowadays like you we say it all the time we'll, we'll name a city and we hey, know we're talking about the state just think about it people land territory land territory all of them carried the name israel for a long time mm-hmm. people were True. called israel so yeah Oklahoma man. I am not a Sooner. I have some intelligence. <laughs> so apparently, I was going to say. Oh, so he's a stater. Well, who's. Uh, no West what Indiana. is the mascot for uh, Oklahoma State? What is their. Uh, what is their mascot? What is their that, name? Isn't it like an. Oh, wait. Cowboy have, or something? Wait, the Sooners have the stagecoach, right? The Cowboys. Aren't they Cowboys? And the Cowboys have the like orange with the lasso, isn't it? I think. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it's Oklahoma State Cowboys, and then you have the Sooners, right? And my hopefully our, our guy Dude, will tell if, us if I'm if right you, or wrong. If you look at Barry's college stats, holy crap. Like <laughs> it wasn't even in, it's not even get, No, it's not it even was, right, man. It was like he was what? playing ju- junior high kids or something. Like he was just running people over and running around him in circles. It was unbelievable. What about, what about the guy that was there before him? Uh, played oh, for the Thurman Bills. Thomas. Thurman, Thurman Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Both My of them. gosh, he was a beast as well. How yeah. do you get two of the best running backs to come out of there like that? Back in those days. Well, now. And just for the record. For everybody else, Emmitt Smith is not the best running back to ever. No, play football. he had the he had the best no. offensive line maybe at the time for sure. 
Yeah, because right. Barry would have had I, some help like oh that. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Barry would Barry have over three thousand yards. Walter Payton to record in about seven years. <laughs> yeah, I know. When they that always kills me when they say. I mean, Emmett was a great running back, but but you put that line for Barry Sanders or even Thurman. Th- I mean, Thurman Thomas had a pretty good line too with the Bills, but. You put Barry behind that Dallas line back in the day, oh, my gosh. Like, it would have been absolute insanity. They would have never stopped him. He would have had 30 touchdowns every year, 2,000, you know, 2,500 yards rushing. And uh, and they were all happy because Emmett would get about 1,700, 1,800 a year. But, you know, yep. that, was, that was then. Now uh, it's a different era. Who, who was the last guy to run for 2,000 yards in a season? Was it Barry? Wait, really? I thought there was someone. Oh, yeah, that was catching and and running. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't think anybody's. Uh, for... Peterson. Adrian. Adrian Peterson. Oh, wait, maybe, maybe he did. He maybe. he he may have came. Yeah, he may have done it too. But I'm I'm almost positive. I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that Emmett never ran for two thousand yards. No, Emmett never did. No. Maybe in college. He played for what, Florida State or Florida? Florida. He was a Gator. Yeah. yeah. And his son, his son just is going to Stanford, which oh, is really? kind of crazy. Hmm. Yeah. I was watching his That's signing day. You. That's when you And he had right? like, oh, I know. All the hats in front of him that are asking him to go. And as soon as his son grabbed, Stanford and put it on. Emmett reaches over and grabs the gator one and puts it on. He says, "Well, if he's not going to go there, that's fine. But I still am a gator, so I'll represent." Okay. And I'm like, "Why do what? you try to steal the show from your son?" But your it means it means nothing anyway. Like these guys leave. Oh, I know. For one, he's going to be from Stanford. Then he'll be in the, in uh, you know Alabama like a year later or whatever. Like I, this whole yeah. I'm so disgusted with where college football is going. The portal? Yeah. Yeah. What about um, uh, Barry Sanders' son playing for Michigan Pist- State basketball? Pistol Pete is the name of their mascot for Oklahoma State. Okay, but what is their Oklahoma the logo. State? is the logo? I thought is the logo the Cowboys? Like, yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah, it's the Cowboys. But don't they have like a lasso, 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 whatever they call it? Lasso. And, or a cow- I can't remember. Or no, it just says O. It just says OSU on it, doesn't it? On their helmet, yeah. But yeah. they're like uh, they're like Oklahoma State Cowboys. It's the Cowboys, and then you sure. got Oklahoma yeah. Sooners. Yeah, and then you got Michigan Wolverines, who are the national champions. By the way, did I did I have I said I, that yet tonight? I think I think we mentioned. I just want to make yeah. sure I'm I'm really clear for everyone <laughs> to hear me. Michigan Wolverines won the 2023-24 national championship. National championship. And they went undefeated. Went undefeated. And for all of you that were screaming, they had an easy schedule. Let's just talk about who they knocked off at the end. Penn State, who was a top 10 Mm -hmm. team. Ohio State. Actually, Maryland, who at one time of the year was a top 15 team. Mm -hmm. Uh. So Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. Oh, wait, what what did we do then? Oh, we went and we played against Iowa, who won their division in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and we beat them. And, and 
Where did we go after that? Was it Alabama for the Rose Bowl? I'm sorry. And we we spanked Alabama. And as much as I hate to say it on here, because both my older brother and my younger brother are diehard Bama fans. Hmm. They both like Michigan, too, because they were raised here. But they're diehard Alabama fans. And I, I, I was with my brother this past week down in Cleveland, Tennessee, and I told him, I said, man, I – I am so sorry that the Wolverines forced your coach into retirement. <laughs> he didn't like Isn't that. Isn't it ironic? Much. They they forced him out of Michigan State at one point, and now they forced him out of Alabama. <laughs> the same guy. Just like Ryan Day will be forced out of Ohio State, mm-hmm. he should have already been. But you know, did you did you see that meme with? <laughs> it's like Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> Ryan Day in the middle. And I forgot who on the, and they're like, who's the guy in the, it's the mascot in the middle or something. <laughs> so, some, oh some my great, gosh. Great football memes. I, <laughs> I, I seen one the other day. It was um, a video and he was having a really rough day because he just lost his quarterback. And somebody came in the room while he was doing an interview and told him that they, somebody made a commitment to come to Ohio State. It was one of the top few guys in the, you know, high school in the nation. And he's he just about falls over and he's all so excited and all this and that. Well, somebody took that video and changed the the uh, media person and. It's as if the media guy walks in and says, hey, did you hear that? Uh, what's his name? Edwards. Don. Don Edwards. Is that That's our running back's name, right? Donovan? Don, Donovan Edwards. Yeah, he, he's went did to Did you the hear that Donovan Edwards is coming back to Michigan and – he they so they changed the the words and changed the reporter and, and still let the same response. He was like, "Are you serious? Oh no, are you serious?" And it was Don, it was just a great Donovan graduated with Donovan. my daughter, same high school. He was great. He's in high gonna, school, listen, he was, he was he was good. He's been good the last couple of years. I I I knew when he when uh, Blake Corum came back this year. I knew that Donovan was going to take a back yeah. seat. And I also, I knew he was going to be okay with it. And because he, he made a comment at the end of last season, he said, um, I'm not concerned about it because both of us are going to be playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he knew it. He knew he, he was going to, Blake was going to. And so uh, every time he touched the ball this year, he, and he's, he has scorched Ohio State yeah. last couple of years. Yeah, he's he has scorched them. And so, when but when they said he was coming back, that was good. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious what we're going to do with quarterback this year. I think Orgy is going to be phenomenal. But we also mm-hmm. got that one of the number one picks out of high school quarterback that's coming in. So, we're, we'll be – I think we're going to restart. We're good. But we're fine. I'm not worried about and it. of course, as soon as Jim Harbaugh signs his contract with Michigan, uh, they'll go on the on the trail to sign as many portal athletes that they possibly can. 
Hey, is is fries you on your diet? <laughs> That's what I thought. No. Are those curly fries? What is that? Dot. It's blurry. It won't. Dots pretzels. Okay. All right. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that high in carbs? And just some pretzels. Um. Let me see. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm just looking out for you, bro. No, they're not. Wait, what? Are you, come on. They're no, they, pretzels. They, they have to be high in carbs. Um, no. I mean, there's nine, There's 19 grams of carbohydrates in the entire bag. Not a lot. What are they, what are they diet pretzels? I've never heard of that. They're made yeah, of there's actually protein... Uh, Right. Yeah, there's Maybe not very many calories buy. either. Maybe I gotta buy some. Are they good, or do they taste like diet pretzels? Yeah, I, I no, I actually um, they have a a honey mustard seasoning on it as well. Nice. Just a, a little powder on it. All and, right, bro. Yeah, they're Listen, good. We've we've talked football. Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> we could talk forever about football, but let's get into this. So we have a special guest coming to Resting Place this week. Looking forward to that. We do. Uh, let's get a little background on this gentleman flying in from... Amin? How many hours is it? Is it 12 hours or longer? If it's oh, straight. Well, so here's the deal. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, so for me, I flew from Detroit to New York... LaGuardia, and that was a couple-hour flight. And then from LaGuardia, I flew to Rome, Italy, which was like 11. And then from Rome to Tel Aviv, which was like 4-plus, because they had, they had to go way out and then come back in across the Mediterranean because they can't fly across any of those other countries anymore because we would be target practice. Mm -hmm. Um so it total is about 18, 19 hours, probably round trip flight. But Amit left Tel Aviv for Honolulu, Hawaii. It was a 30 hour flight. What? Yeah. So he was in Honolulu last week and he was on a couple of the islands. Then he, then he went to San Diego and he's in Sandy. He was in San Diego this weekend. He's still there. He is flying someplace else, and then he flies into Chicago. I think he may have flew. He may have flown someplace yesterday. I think he flies to Chicago on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then on Thursday he's here. Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday he's up in Saginaw or Port Huron or something like that. Um, at another church, and then he'll be flying back to Israel. Um, Amit Grinfeld is, um, uh, I forget his, his title in the military, but he is like a high ranking officer. Um, he is uh, one of the guys that, that gets called back in. He's not full time, uh, but he. <clears throat> He helps run 
what they call Homeland Security over there, which is probably what they told me is probably more equivalent to uh, the National Guard. And so um, he was just released from his tour of duty uh, right before he, he left to come here. And now if something was to go crazy, happen, he could get called right back. But in the meantime, he is um, working for us with uh, We Walk Together. We Walk Together is an NGO, uh, non-government organization. Uh, it's a foundation that I started with uh, my buddy Carl uh, and Amit and another friend, um, Nir, uh, from Israel. And uh, we we were working on this for a while. We brought out a few other guys too. Uh, matter of fact, both of them will be with us. Ian Donahue will be with us on Friday night, and then David Turner uh, from Pennsylvania. He's coming in. He's going to be with us that night to be there with Amit as well. Um, and Amit's going to be coming. Um, Amit is not a pastor. Amit is a he's a facilitator. He is a instructor. Um, for many years, he has been in the touring business and. He would go, he would come to the United States and do lectures um, on Israel, upon touring where, and lecture people to tell them where they could go, sh should go, shouldn't go, so on and so forth. And he would go in and lecture churches, foundations, groups, political parties, and then help book them to take the, their trip to do the Holy Land tour or whatever tour they want to do. And so he's been doing that for a long time. Uh, we are doing a couple of things. We're trying to help raise funds for people that are affected because of the war, or they're displaced and they had to be relocated because their homes were damaged because of terrorist attacks, uh, whether it be children who are now orphans, um, just there's a whole lot of areas that we're trying to help out with. And then um, he is going to be uh, showing a lot of pictures and videos of, of some of our experience that we were on just a, you know, a few weeks ago. And uh, he's going to be able to, to give it more um, publicity, but also be able to talk little more in depth about it than what what i've been able to uh you know unfortunately if you live in israel you deal with war all the time there's always something going on there's always somebody trying to do something there and so i'm not going to say they become numb to it but they do become more used to some of this resolve than when what i have um, and so for me, there are times when I get asked questions or I'm asked to talk about something and it's just too emotional for me. And my mind goes back to some, some things that I saw, heard and witnessed that I, I don't always like talking about, um, you know, uh, I, I had to speak on Sunday or on Saturday morning for a glow for the state of Michigan. And afterwards I had a few people asking questions and I just, 
I had a hard time with it. And then I was in Baltimore on Sunday and I had a few people come to me and ask me questions about it on Sunday. And I'm, I'll be honest, with you, a couple of them, I was just like, hey, listen, I really don't want to talk about it right now. Let's uh, maybe sometime down the road, I can talk to you more about it. It's just still very fresh, very raw. And uh, I'm still dealing with it, processing it. And so there are some times where I can talk about it and it's not a problem. But there are other times, especially if I put in a rough night and I had dreams or something like that, I, I just, it's, it's tough to talk about sometimes. So uh, Amit will be able to do that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be there to just kind of put some two cents in and perspective from an American uh, being there and involved. And, and then he's going to be able to bring a lot of um, history and a lot of knowledge uh, to what's been going on in Israel for a long time. Uh, you know, this, this war that was started on October the 7th, this by far is not the first time the Palestinians or Hamas or Hezbollah or, you know, ISIS or any of these terrorist organizations, this is not the first time they've tried to attack or have attacked Israel. And so it's just, um, it's going to be an opportunity for, for a meet to express and show some some things that I'm I'm not comfortable in showing yet. Um, I, I think we've got a couple versions. I think the, I, I expressed to him that I wanted to keep it PG uh, because there's some stuff that we could show that would just not be good. And um, so we are inviting everybody. Uh, Amit, on top of the fact that he's an amazing lector, lecturer, and the fact that he is Jewish, um, I believe he is probably down inside his heart, a uh, Messianic Jew, because he believes in Jesus, he believes in miracles, he knows the power of God very strongly. Um, he's just been very careful on being vocal about it because of where he's at, what he does, and uh, and I, I understand that. And and I believe that the time is coming where he's not going to be that way. I I just told him recently. Well, I take that back. It wasn't I mean, it was somebody else. Uh, but I, I made a comment to a really good Jewish friend of mine. I said, you know, I know you I know you know Jesus, I know you love him, but the Bible is very clear. It says that there's a day that's coming that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And I said, my recommendation is you do it before he comes back and forces you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. And, yeah. And so I, I think that that, I think it's kind of how it feels with me. I think he just is a amazing dude. When, when I was over there this last time, he invited myself and some of our team over to his personal home with his wife and four children and his parents and some other friends that business partners from over there all to his house on a Friday, which is Shabbat. Mm -hmm. And it was also during Hanukkah. And so that night he asked all the men, including us to take and light one of the candles mm. and what an honor it was to be in his home 
there outside of Tel Aviv uh, and be able to just embrace that whole Hanukkah moment and also it'd be in a Shabbat on Friday night. And so we stayed for dinner. I mean, listen, the food just kept coming and coming and coming. Oh my gosh. Like they would have a spread and then you would take and they'd fill your plate and then they would take all those dishes out. And a few minutes later, they would bring in all these other dishes with different foods on it. And you would fill your plate, what room it was left. They would take that off. And a little bit later, here comes another spread. It was just, it was, it was overwhelming. And I did not lose weight on that trip. I probably <laughs> gained five or six pounds because you might have. the food is just amazing. But Amit is, uh, Amit is just, he's an amazing dude. Um, everyone who comes will love, will love him. Uh, I met him through Carl about five or six years ago. Um, Carl did a big event in Washington, D.C. And Carl, um, just so the audience knows, Carl was, what, head of the EPA under the Trump administration? He, he was, yep. And also a U.S. senator out of Alabama and uh, a, a D.C. lawyer um, who sued the... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. previous administrations multiple times in one. And then finally Trump was like, can somebody go hire this guy? So we'll quit losing to him and maybe he can teach us what to do so we don't have to lose to him anymore. And they did. And so uh, anyways, um, I, I was introduced to him through Carl at a big dinner one night uh, promoting Israel. And uh, ever since then we've been uh, friends and uh now business partners and uh, just excited to see what God is doing, even in, in his life and his family, uh, even in time of war. It's just been uh, amazing to see how God has just continued to protect them and the stories. I mean, he has more stories than what I have because he lived there and he was in the military and he was forced to do things and be there and and he saw things that that I didn't even see. And I, I, I saw things that will has impacted my life forever. And so uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to hear some of the reports, uh, a lot of the good news that they have miracles that took place. Um, and so, yes, we're inviting everybody. Unfortunately, uh, we will not be live streaming and a couple of reasons. Number one, we cannot share some of the footage online. That's number one. Number two, we are in the process of moving to a different location. And we are not set up for live streaming at this new location yet. Um, we will be, but not as of yet. So do not say, I'd love to come, but I, I got something going on. I'll watch it later because there will be no later. If you're able and you're close enough, if you're within a 15 hour drive you need to get in your vehicle <laughs> friday morning and drive to detroit drive to royal oak and uh come in and let and get to spend some time with us um yeah not only we get to spend time with the meat but you'll be able to spend time with gino and myself and uh i think i think our worship team is going to be involved that night for a little bit and then we're going to turn everything over to a meet and just let him wow. 
I'm sure. looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the firsthand account and what they have to endure there in the Holy Land. Um, and, and this is, I want to make this clear, just in case there's Christians watching that are like, well, wait a minute, you know, they're not Christians. Yes, we understand that. That's the whole idea. The whole idea is to get close to them and convert them through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, that is, I know that's AC's heart. <laughs> that is his main right. goal. Um, but there is an atrocity going on right now um, with with the people there. And it's both sides. I mean, like, no one, war benefits nobody except the globalists. That's the only ones that ever it benefit. Everybody else gets hurt by this. So whether, whether uh, you're a, a Palestinian or you're a Jew and you're being hurt by war, it sucks. They're human beings. I care for people. I want them both to convert to Christianity and find the truth in Jesus Christ. And that's AC's heart, too. Um, and just like you said, I mean, Amit, he's probably borderline messianic you know maybe he already is but like you said he just can't it's unless you're in a culture like i'll, I'll give you an perfect like i know muslims i had friends that do not believe the muslim faith now i wouldn't say they're christians yet but they would probably lean more towards that than they would their muslim upbringing but if they dare bring that up what, what do you mean they're muslims but they don't believe in their muslim faith they're they're, they're arabic they're, they're, they're arabic, arabic. They're, but they're muslim but they don't they they were brought how, up in their they were brought up in a muslim home so their whole family is muslim but the, like i have a i don't want to say his name there's one person in particular he's like i don't believe that i don't believe it he says but i live it because that's the tradition and there's plenty of people like that around this world that live the traditions <laughs> of a faith right of a religion and they 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 try to just go through the motions they like the holidays they like the family things but if they dare bring up that they don't believe or that they believe something else like christianity man <laughs> you're opening up a can that they don't want to open so i yeah. get it with someone like a meat who's in a country of course like i have friends that are jewish right now that are staunch in their jewish traditions and one in particular, she's gone back and forth with, with Christianity and she has all these questions, but she just keeps running back to the, to the traditions because that's where her family's yeah, at. She feels comfortable. If so you're that's, Jewish, that's if you follow Judaism you and you mention anything about J Jesus, they tell you you're, you're not a Jew. Simple as that. Now, here's, let me, here's some clarity that I, Holy Spirit dropped this in my spirit on Sunday when I was talking to a friend of mine in baltimore who is egyptian he lives here in america he was muslim god delivered him and he is a spirit-filled believer and um so we were talking and the holy spirit just really nailed me with it and said you know we we don't even serve the same god muslims or islam and christianity it's not even the same god and for clarity, Muhammad didn't come to the earth until almost 700 years after Jesus was, was here. So that, that raises a whole other issue. But with the Jews, we do believe in the same God. Which makes it even a little bit more mind-boggling that they have an issue with Jesus. And the main issue is they they don't believe that he's the returning messiah they they do believe in the virgin birth uh from mary 
that he uh, was, you know, the son of God, but they do not believe that he's a returning Messiah, which is what messianic Jew is the is the is the Messiah returning, and so again, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess it's coming. I would rather my Jewish brothers and sisters who who observe Judaism to figure that out now, understand that Elohim and Rapha and Yahweh, it's the same God. Now, again, he's not the same God as part of the Muslim and Islamic faith. But Jewish, Judaism and Christianity, we, we serve the same God. Matter of fact, the Torah, I don't know if everybody knows this, but the Torah is just the New Testament. I mean, the Old Testament. Old Testament. The Old Testament and the Torah is the same thing. And when I mentioned that to a friend of mine, a Jew friend of mine, and they were like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not it nothing to do with the Bible. And I'm like, <laughs> the Torah is the Old Testament. Now, if you want to talk about the the lost books, that's a different story. A whole different story. Those are not part of the Bible, but the lost scrolls, the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, and so, Maccabees and, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I said, so that's a different story but the torah is the old testament and i said so the the god of the old testament and the prophets that spoke of jesus how he would come and die and return that was spoken out of the old testament the old prophets so the new testament is just the life of jesus and what, what in the world is going on you can't why can't you guys believe so, okay. you know what well, me, the Torah said? Let me ask for clarification. So it's just been the, the, yeah. I live I live in a pretty densely populated Jewish community, and I can tell you the Jews here do not believe that he's three persons in one God. And right. that's that's that is like a major stumbling block for them. And then in Jesus, they just think he was you know a nice guy, um, but he was preaching falsehoods. Like that's that's been right. what I've come across several times with Jews here. I, is it different over there in, in the uh, Holy Land? No, no, no. They they don't they don't really don't believe in the Trinity. Um, you know that's something that the Catholics and the Christians believe in. So then um, wait, okay. So so I'm confused. Then then we don't necessarily. I understand what you're saying. I get you're saying it's the same God. It, as it's the, the same Testament God because revealed. we. But they just the don't understand. They just don't believe in the fullness of god like we believe they don't want to believe yeah. it and they don't want to believe that because god it's in the old testament it's yeah. in the torah yeah. they, they just don't they just don't yeah. want to believe and it. they want to do and, and they want to do it by they want to do it by works that's the other thing they want to try to get there by the commandments and keeping the law and all that stuff just like paul so Galatians. what it boils down to is those who believe in islam and Muslim faith, those who are Jewish and follow the Judaism, what we need to see happen is they have an encounter with Jesus that rocks their world. And because here's the thing, very few Jews, very few Muslims are going to change the way they think or believe based on what AC Cordell has to say. 
they're they're in, they're entrenched in in their doctrine and their beliefs especially if you're talking to like an ultra uh orthodox ultra orthodox yeah mm-hmm. and and so i get that i i do i get that but the same thing with the catholics they they have to be in a situation where they're going to experience the power of the holy spirit and an encounter with jesus like 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 we see when job had an encounter with god in such a way that it caused him to say, I, I never really knew you. I mean, I knew of you, but never encountered you, you know? And that's when he was laying there in ash and, and dust and, and dirt, and he, and he was in a fetal position, ready to, you know, throw in the towel. And then he, he gets the revelation that basically, I, I never, I knew of you, but I never encountered you. Never, I never saw you like this. And then when he gets that revelation, that's when we start seeing everything is returned back to Job and he gets what the Bible says, double for your trouble. And so we, we need to see an impact like that or an impact like Jacob, like I talked about on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I I preach this not out of both of those that sermon, but anyways, um, we need to see encounters like that. So that these men and women who have been misled in so many ways come to a place where they they see peace and joy and love that's unconditional um, and and not judgment. Um, because I, I'm gonna tell you, the one who is going to deal with justice is not us; it's him. He's going to bring justice to the unjust. And so we, my job is to point people to the judge and point people to the one who will bring that justice to the unjust. And then let, let the Holy Spirit just, you know, attack them, (laughs) you know, just, you know, come at them and deal with them in such a way. But I, I realized while I was in Israel that very, very few people, Will I have a life-altering change on their life because of me being Christian? Um, They've heard it. They've 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 seen things that some you know have really embarrassed Christianity in so many ways that it's going to be it's going to take a miracle in a, in a sense, but just Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Trinity. It's going to take the Trinity to come down and just do something miraculous. You know what, though? Here's This and, is what's encouraging. And, and, and real quick, the last thing. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. He'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look what he did with Mary. Mm-hmm. I, no, I mean, Holy Spirit came to her and said, oh, by the way, we're, you're, you're about to be pregnant, but you're not going to sleep with anybody, and this is going to be a miracle. And, and she gave birth to a Jewish boy who ended up being the Messiah, the son of the living God, part of the, the Trinity. And she knew it. The disciples knew it. And as they began to spread the word, more and more people 
could you know figured it out but over time people have been given options and unfortunately when you're not around good teachers and uh apostles prophets pastors teachers and and uh who i'm missing somebody anyways the fivefold ministry when they're not around that it's going to be harder and harder for people to have an understanding or be educated on what all that really is. So my prayer is that God will continue to use resting place in such a way that we'll be that beacon of hope to people like that, who are Jewish, who are Muslim, um, who are Catholic and all the other denominations that are out there that have been teaching false teachings. And, and, and I just pray that we can be, that light in the darkness be that salt and i'm really believing that god's going to use that for us this is what i see because israel has become so secular and i mean i think the last time i i saw a stat they were the number one country in the world for lgbtq which blew my mind but i gotta say for me you say israel was israel was this is what's encouraging for me though if that's per capita Per capita. If, if this is true, yeah. and it's one of the most secular societies on earth right now, and, and anti-religious, that's actually a good thing for people to get saved. Because the religious mm-hmm. mind is the hardest one to convert, because they're set yeah. in their ways. But someone that's secular, and if God hits them, or they see something, they're like, man, that's really weird, that never happened before. Whatever. Like, little things can jar those people into seeking the truth. Yeah. So I, that's what's I encouraging agree. for me is that they're not because I, I know very religious people, both Jews, yeah. Catholics, you name it, Muslims. I know those people personally, and those are yeah. some of the hardest people to talk to about anything yeah. other than what they they believe. As a Christian, I listen to some them, so-called their Christians are the same way though. Some Christians they are. I don't. I listen to their faith and I objectively look. Now I know I'm following the truth because I've already examined all of them. That's why I'm a Christian. I follow the truth. Right. It led me to Jesus Christ. He was the truth is a man. I've told that to a million people. I'm like, you're, if you follow the truth, it's going to lead you to a person. His name's Jesus Christ. So, it for me, it's kind of encouraging that it's a society that's very secular and and kind of you know free spirited or whatever you want to call it. It's sickening. Of course, it's it's makes God want to you know vomit them out of his mouth. You know, but. Right. At the same time, I see that they could be, they could actually be a fertile ground for a huge, huge, massive wave of a revival there that, that shows them, guess who the Messiah is? Yep. It's right. him. The one you tried to yep. reject. Yep. Yeah, man, I, that's, it's going to happen. Um, and like I said, I just hope that uh, we'll, We'll have people who will come and bow their knee before they're forced to do so. Mm-hmm. That's that's not going to be good. But either way, we got to keep doing our part. And our part is to keep telling the Great Commission, man. Go to the highways and byways and compel them to come in. And so that's part of what we're what we're called to do. So hopefully. Um, also That's real exactly. quick, I don't know if you want to put this, yeah. you want to put the address up for our new location. 
Uh, I can tell you what it is. If you want to type it up for everybody. Is it? Oh, it's not on the website yet. I got the website pulled up, but it's. It's not on the website. It's on our Facebook page. It's uh, 600 North Campbell, Campbell Road, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L Road. And that's Royal Oak, Michigan, 48067. For those of you that are able to come and be a part of it, uh, 600 North Campbell Road, Royal Oak, Michigan, 48067 is uh, the address for resting place. And we'll be hosting a night with Amit Grenfell from Israel with We Walk Together NGO. So I'm, I'm really yeah. excited about that. Yeah. And a big shout out to Pastor Willie for lending out his building to resting place, which is really cool of him. And, uh, and, a, and a partnership that's kind of in its infancy right now, but I can see us, I see us joining forces and doing a lot of good work in the coming days for sure. Yeah, he, he's a he's an amazing dude. Um, you know, we we met with him a few weeks ago w with our after our men's breakfast that we had, and uh, walked through the facility. It was just more of a curiosity, and then him and I began to talk on the phone and uh, began to just examine and look over what potential we could possibly do with each other, and then. Um, last week we got notification that the furnace in the other facility that we've been in had, had gone out. And so, um, when he found out about that, he called me up and he said, listen, if you guys want to just use our facility this week, just come on and use it. This is like an emergency situation. I don't want you to be shut down two weeks in a row because we were shut down because of weather the week before. And so what a what an amazing heart for him that he has. And then, uh, you know, we talked about the fact that the furnace may not be 100% for this weekend, and he offered again for us to be there. Now, I'm supposed to meet up with him or talk to him on Wednesday uh, about our us working out, you know, the facility for our future. So hopefully we're praying and believing that that's where God wants us to be. Uh, in Royal Oak, where our ministry is supposed to be, um, then then that we'll work everything out and God will make all that happen. So yes, Pastor Willie is a, a great guy with a great heart, and uh, you know, together with his ministry, I think that uh, we could do some great things together and separately to, as well. And so whatever God has in store would be great. But yeah, we're just, we're very thankful and honored that. Pastor Willie um, has uh, has been so gracious to us. Um, and then, like I said, if you're able to come, you get to hang out with Gino, myself. Uh, and I can tell you some of the best music this side of heaven. Because we got, we got some guys who are just, they're a beast. Oh, my gosh. Gino, they're... Literally, these guys could go play anywhere. I mean, they do play all over the place, but mm -hmm. they're, they've been faithful to resting place on Friday nights for a long time. 
they're good friends of mine and they've been faithful. Um, and yeah, so amazing. Yep. I mean, we have an amazing group. I mean, we're a small group right now. We know it's that thing's going to blow up and I don't think it's very far off, but God's pruning us right now. I think we're all being tested in our own individual lives. He's letting us go through some trials and tribulations, but it's for the better of our community, our community, but even the greater good later on with the harvest that's coming. And I, it's so clear to me what he's doing now. Um, am I, am I thrilled about it? No, <laughs> it's been a lot of trials and testing and, and frustration. Uh, but I know right. he had, I, I, AC, just in my own personal life over the last 18 months, there's things I didn't know were still deep inside of me and he had to expose them. And it's because yeah. this, this move that's coming of his spirit is so monumental and it's going to be historic. Honestly, this is, this is going to be the greatest revival ever. Uh, you know, all the, the great awakenings in the past, this is, it's going to put them to shame. And it's, it's because people are going to need healing on the other side. And we're going to have to be very empathetic. That's going to be the thing. Yeah. We are going to be Jesus <laughs> now because we have to be empathetic. Jesus walked around in a cesspool when he was here on earth. And he was right. empathetic and compassionate. And I think the church has lost a lot of that. Like we've become, I hate to say it, the church has become quite judgmental and hypo, hypo, you know, hypocrites. And that's that's right. left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. But, but there is still good people and good churches that are doing his work it's not the whole thing the whole body is not corrupt and that's right. what he's doing he's he's getting his bride ready for what's coming and being prepared to help these people these new believers because there is going to be a ton of yeah. them and i just like carl told you you know carl we again he was he head of the epa he's got a lot of inside information about terrorism and and our power grid and all these things that could be coming to the united states I do, I do believe we're going to get hit by something. I don't know if it's, if it's cataclysmic event, you know, if, whether it's man-made or if it's, it's nature, something is coming, but I think it's short lived. I don't think this is a long drawn out thing and it's going to, it's going to push people to Christ, whatever this event is, whether it's planned or not planned, it is, it's, you know, God obviously is sovereign over the whole thing, but when this thing goes down, it's going to shake a lot of hearts. Do you remember when, when 9-11 hit? I remember for, man, for four weeks after, the churches were packed. You couldn't get in. It was standing room only. Right. Um, people were loving each other, hugging each other. They were very patriotic. You know, uh, they appreciated what, what America was at the time. All these things, right? And then it just kind of left. It dissipated, and it kind of went by the wayside, and everybody forgot. This event that's coming, whatever it is, people aren't going to forget it's going to literally drive them back to god and people say well why does why does it got to get so extreme because we're stubborn <laughs> human beings are stubborn people and extreme have is you, what it takes to get your attention he he'd rather have you go through trials and tribulations and get saved than to not to than to have a you know a peachy peachy cream life and everything's wonderful and we get ice cream and cake all the time and, and, you know, things are handed to us and then you end up in hell. Like that's, that is not where this thing's going. This, this train is going to derail for a little bit, but I think it's a short lived thing and it's going to bring a lot of people to him. And I, I, for one have been looking for this for a few years. Like I, he has put it in my heart deep down inside. 
He's shown me some things. I know it's going to be like the church has to be prepared. Ace. I know we're prepared. I think we are. Resting place is prepared. But there's a lot of churches that are kind of just waiting for the rapture and to just be evacuated out. And they're not going to be ready for what's coming. And it's a shame because he wants them to be ready. But that's why he said the harvest is big, but the harvesters are few. That's why. Because a lot, of, and he says, when, when the sun returns, will he even find faith on the earth? Like, we need to be, like, we have to turn our hearts towards him 100%. It's not, we don't get the fence ride. Like, this is what he's doing. He's getting out right. the lukewarm church, and he's like, nope, I'm looking for my committed saints on earth that are ready to fight and ready to stand and ready to bring in this harvest. And how cool is that, that mm -hmm. we have the privilege of being able to be part of that end time revival of of being harvesters like what an honor that is as a as a believer yep yep you know carl has has made comments before about the possible attacks on the power grid and let me let me just give some clarity on that so when Katrina hit Louisiana, um, they were out without power for a few months, but immediately, immediately, power trucks and power companies loaded up and headed to Louisiana from all over the country. Just about every state sent people to go help, to get them back online. That's from a natural disaster. It was huge. One of the biggest storms we ever had. <clears throat> but it primarily only took out the power in that region, right? What we're talking about right now is if you take out a grid, there's only three grids in our entire country. You take out a grid or two or all three. We're talking about massive sections of our country, if not the entire country, without power. Now, here's where the problem lies. When these guys would leave to go to Katrina to help, they were leaving their home that had power and water and food and their families were okay. And then they went to Louisiana to try to get power back, restored, and enough. If this goes out like that, there's nobody coming to your city to help because everyone's going to have the same issue. And if you do get, or when you get one of them restored, um, then eventually you may get some people who will travel to other areas and help with that. But the problem is when you go from having maybe 10, 10 million people affected to having 300 million affected that's a that's a catastrophic major issue that listen i was down in south florida for andrew and i watched men pull out a gun for bags of ice in cases of water they, they just took whatever they wanted 
uh, and then I, I I would see men or women with big knives, you know, Rambo knives, and they had hold it up to somebody and say, "Give me your water, give me your food." Da da da, da. and and it it became very violent because it was about survival. And my my thought is that was just South Florida. <laughs> 